Hey everyone, welcome to the Blue Ridge Church of Christ podcast. My name is Phil Bruns, and thank you so much for taking time from your day to be with us. What word means completely, sincerely devoted, determined, or enthusiastic? Well, today's title lesson is called Caleb, What is Wholehearted? Today I simply begin reading in Numbers chapter 13 and the English Standard Version in verse 1. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the people of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers you shall send a man, every one a chief among them. So Moses sent them from the wilderness of Paran, according to the command of the Lord, all of them men who were heads of the people of Israel. Then the next few verses continue with the names of these 12 men. They include Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, and Hoshea, the son of Nun. Um, pick it up in verse 16. It says, These were the names of the men that the Moses sent out to spy the land, and Moses called Hoshea, the son of Nun, Joshua. We know him better as Joshua along with Caleb. Today we're going to focus in on Caleb and 10 other men that were sent out to spy the promised land. Continuing in verse 17, Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, Go up to the Negeb and go up into the hill country and see what the land is, and whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, whether they are few or many, and whether the land they dwell in is good or bad, and whether the cities that they dwell in are camps or strongholds, and whether the land is rich or poor, and whether there are trees in it or not. Be of good courage and bring some of the fruit back to the land. Now the time was the season of the first ripe grapes. So they went up and spied out the land from the wilderness of Zin to Rohab, near Laboth Hamath. And they went up to the Negeb and came to Hebron, Ahimon, Sheshai, Talmai, and the descendants of Anak were there. Hebron was built seven years before Zon in Egypt. And they came to the valley of the Eshkol and cut down from there a branch with a single cluster of grapes, and they carried it on a pole between the two of them. And they also brought some pomegranates and figs. That place was called the valley of Eshkol because the cluster that the people of Israel cut down from there. At the end of 40 days, the men returned from spying out the land, and they came to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the people of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation, and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him, We came to the land to which you sent us. It flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. However, the people who dwell in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. And besides, we saw descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the Negeb. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites dwell in the hill country. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the Jordan. But Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let's go up at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. Then the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we are. So they brought to the people of Israel a bad report of the land that they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone to spy it out is land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people that we saw in it are of great height. And there we saw the Nephilim, the sons of Anak, who come from the Nephilim. And we seemed to ourselves like grasshoppers, and so we seemed to them. 
Then all the congregation raised a loud cry, and the people wept that night, and all the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The whole congregation said to them, Would that we had died in the land of Egypt? Or would we have died in this wilderness? Why is the Lord bringing us into this land to fall by the sword? Our wives and our little ones will become prey. Would it not be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to one another, Let us choose a leader and go back to Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell on the face before of all the assembly of the congregation of the people of Israel, and Joshua the son of Nun, and Caleb son of Jephunneh, who were those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes, and they said to the congregation of the people, The land which we pass through to spy it out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land that flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord, and do not fear the people of the land, for they are bred for us. Their protection is removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Then all of the congregation said to stone them with stones. But the glory of the Lord appeared at the tent of meeting to all the people of Israel. And the Lord said to Moses, How long will these people despise me, and how long will they not believe in me? In spite of all the signs that I have done among them, I will strike them with pestilence and disherit them, and I will make you a greater nation and mightier than they. My first thought today, I appreciate you bearing with me as I read all of Numbers 13 and into chapter 14. The first thought is wholehearted versus wholehearted. In other words, wholehearted, starting with W-H-O-L-E, hearted, versus wholehearted, H-O-L-E, hearted. Moses sends out the 12 spies to go check out this promised land, a land that had been promised by God many, many years earlier. And he picks the 12 spies out, including Joshua and Caleb, and then 10 others. The other 10 were not just complainers of the group or the most scared. In fact, it says they were leaders in the, in the Israelites. They were chief people. They were respected. They were warriors or leaders of some sorts. They had come a long ways as well. They had been through the Red Sea. They had left Egypt from the bondage that was there. And to me, that is what the scary part of this story. And my life is not to become those 10 spies. Wherever their hearts were when they were sent out doesn't really matter. Somewhere on this trip into this promised land, they started to question some things and frankly started to question God and his promises. They had holes, H-O-L-E-S, holes in their heart for God. They were not wholehearted. They had holes in their heart for God. And those holes got bigger than their heart itself. They had some heart for God. Again, they were his people. They had come through uh, the Red Sea. They had come from Egypt in, in slavery and presumably admired as they were chosen here, leaders of their people. They had seen God's power before, time and time again. And despite that, these holes had developed in their heart towards God. Let's talk about that because if we're not careful, that can be us. That can be us. 
these people have been around for some time. They had seen really great things. Maybe you're listening here and you're thinking back in time of, yes, God has done amazing things in my life. I've seen God do some incredible things. But that doesn't mean that we're exempt from holes, H-O-L-E-S, developing in our heart towards God. I find four things here that got a bit off for these ten spies. One, they simply just forgot the great things had done for them or reasoned that just because he had done these miraculous things in, in the past doesn't mean he's going to do that in the future. Uh, you know, Beyond the, the Red Sea, in what I read in, in chapter 14, verse 11, God himself mentions that he's done a lot for them. They had simply just forgot about those or, like I said, had reasoned that those things were in the past and looking forward, their fears outweighed their past experiences. Number two, they simply took their eyes off of God. Their difficulties became impossibilities for them. Their obstacles became bigger than God for them. Number three, they passed on having good character. If you caught that in the story, I mean, they resorted really to lying. They were exaggerating the people and the cities in the promised land. And not only that, they each supported each other, the ten spies, in doing so. The people were giants. We looked like grasshoppers in their minds. The cities were well fortified. No way we could overcome them. And then they would each support each other as the Exaggeration got more and more and more so that they could win over the support of their fellow Israelites. They were not telling the truth. They were lying. They passed on having good character in this moment. Number four, they just turned against each other, turned against their brothers. You know, they didn't present their opinions as, as just that or open for discussion. And they weren't cordial at all in this story. When Caleb says, no, that God has given us this land, we can certainly take it. They were actually more about rioting. The crowd wanted to stone someone. Any love they had for each other and their disparaging opinions had left the building. These were serious holes, H-O-L-E-S, serious holes. And if you mind... In my lesson today, to have this little mini lesson of don't be these guys. We can't be these guys. Number one, always remember what God has done for you. You know the scripture, let Christ's love compel you. Always remember what God has done for you. Write it down. Put it in your memory banks. Number two, Keep your eyes and your heart fixed on Jesus. Keep them fixed on the cross. Number three is to take the high road. Jesus calls us higher. He sets the bar of faith in an action. So let's call each other higher to the bar that Jesus actually sets for us. And don't find ourselves passing on good character. Number four, let the love that you have for others be the proof that, yes, in fact, 
you are a Jesus follower. Let's support each other and not turn against each other. Let that love you have for others be the proof that you are a Jesus follower. That is my little mini lesson in the bigger lesson. Now back to the regular scheduled sermon, and let's talk about Caleb because honestly, he is way more inspirational. You know, for Moses, God gave him an offer. God gave him an offer to wipe out the people that were there and just give them a whole new nation. But Moses does not take that offer. In verses 13 to 19, it explains that. But in fact, Moses goes to bat for the Israelites. He goes and defends them despite his own frustrations with them. God hears Moses and forgives them of their grumbling, but their actions are not without their consequences. And we pick it up in verse 20. Then the Lord said, I have pardoned according to your word, but truly as I live and as all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord, none of these men who have seen my glory and my signs that I did in Egypt and in the wilderness and yet have put me to the test these ten times have not obeyed my voice, shall see the land that I swore to give to their fathers, and none of those who despise me shall see it. But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land into which he went, and his descendants shall possess it. Now since the Amalekites and the Canaanites dwell in the valleys, turn tomorrow and set out for the wilderness by way of the Red Sea. On down to verse 36 it says, And the men whom Moses sent out to spy out the land, who returned and made all the congregation grumble against him by bringing up a bad report about the land, the men who brought up the bad report of the land died by plague before the Lord. Of those men who went out to spy the land, only Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunneh remained alive. What an incredible moment where Moses defends his people, but then God does say that there were going to be some consequences. But in that, Caleb and Joshua would still be able to go to the promised land. For Caleb, you know, he was a self-proclaimed wholehearted follower of God. We read that in Joshua later on. But more importantly here, it's God that said it in verse 24, that Caleb, in fact, was a wholehearted follower, that he followed God fully. Caleb's report about the promised land included full expectation that God would give the land to the Israelites. Whatever bumps were along the road, God would still deliver. He saw the same cities. He saw the same people. He saw the same fruit and trees and all of the land that the other ten spies had seen. But he regarded as it was promised land, promised by God. So, of course, in that light, Caleb would trust God's promise. Of course, he would lean on God's deliverance. And, of course, Caleb's priority was God. His priority was not what the whole group thought or other things, or even what the majority of the Israelites would have thought. Caleb's priority was God. But even in this wholeheartedness, Caleb and everyone turned not just back to the wilderness, 
but they started to head back towards the Red Sea, that same Red Sea they had walked through sometime earlier, i.e. they're starting to go back and walk in circles. And with that, we have a clear view of what wholehearted, W-H-O-L-E, versus wholehearted, H-O-L-E, is. Caleb being wholehearted for God. My second thought, as that sets the stage for our next part of the story, is wholehearted, W-H-O-L-E, wholehearted the whole time, W-H-O-L-E, wholehearted the whole time. We're going to skip ahead to Joshua chapter 14, and I pick it up in verse 1. What has happened since we last read in the book of Numbers is that the Israelites did in fact come back, and they did in fact enter the promised land. And after a few battles, they were able to stand and look and come to peace and knew that they had to distribute the land. And that's what's happening as we pick up in Joshua chapter 14. These are the inheritances that the people of Israel received in the land of Canaan, which Eleazar the priest and Joshua the son of Nun and the heads of his father's houses of the tribes of the people of Israel gave them to inherit. The inheritance was by lot, just as the Lord had commanded by the hand of Moses for the nine and one-half tribes. For Moses had given an inheritance to two and one-half tribes beyond the Jordan, but to the Levites he gave no inheritance among them. For the people of Joseph were two tribes, Manasseh and Ephraim. And no portion was given to the Levites in the land, but only cities to dwell in, and their pasture lands for the livestock and their substance. The people of Israel did as the Lord commanded Moses. They allotted the land. Then the people of Judah came to Joshua at Gilgal. And Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenzanite, said to him, You know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God in Kadesh Barnea, concerning you and me. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought him word again as it was in my heart. But my brothers who went up with me made the heart of the people melt. Yet I wholly followed the Lord my God. And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land on which your foot has trodden shall be an inheritance for you and your children forever, because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive, just as he has said. These forty-five years since the time that the Lord spoke this word to Moses, while Israel walked in the wilderness, and now, behold, I am this day eighty-five years old. I am still as strong today as I was in the day that Moses sent me. My strength now is my strength as was then, for war and for going and coming. So now, give me this hill country of which the Lord spoke on that day. For you heard on that day how Anakim were there, and great fortified cities. It may be that the Lord will be with me, and I shall drive them out just as the Lord said. Then Joshua blessed him, and he gave Hebron to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, for an inheritance. Therefore Hebron became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenzanite, to this day, because he wholly followed the Lord, the God of Israel. The ten other spies and a whole generation of Israelites had passed on. They were gone. And now the Israelites, as I said, had gone into this promised land that God had, in fact, given them. 
You might be familiar with the story of how the Israelites conquered uh, the city of Jericho once they had reached the promised land. And there were other battles, but as I mentioned, that this was the time that they were dividing up the land among the Israelites. It had to be such an exciting time for Caleb. I mean, you just kind of sense it in his voice. Give me this hill country, he shouted without hesitation. Whoever is in my way, I will drive them out. How do I know? Because the Lord said, and the Lord does not lie. But what is mind-boggling for me is that for Caleb, this wholehearted follower of God, is that for 45 years, he wandered around aimlessly because of those 10 spies and the Israelites buying into what they had said. And then they had turned against Moses and Aaron, Joshua and Caleb. How do you do that? How do you come to peace with that? What could he have learned during this this growing season for him? A 45-year growing season. Thinking about every day of what could have been versus what is. Thinking about his life of what is passing by of not being in this new land that God had promised, and they were right there. More than half of his life, nothing. But he chose never to pack it in. He chose never to say, I'm done, I'm out of here. He chose never to say, I'm just moving on. I'm so angry at these 10 spies for ruining my life. He never chose that road. He chose to continually, to wholeheartedly follow his God. How did he do that? Well, he wholeheartedly followed the Lord the whole time, regardless of people's opinions or actions, regardless of the direction that God took him. He wholeheartedly followed the Lord the whole time, just being patient And frankly, while waiting for these people to die off, the ten spies as well as the rest of that generation of Israelites. But trusting God every step, every breath, every day, Caleb was able to continue to wholeheartedly follow his God. Being that wholehearted follower in God is what it took for Caleb. And it's no less for us today. Following the Lord has never been easy. Being a Jesus follower, loyal to God, trusting in his word, trusting in him, it has never been easy. From the very beginning of time, there is always something that makes it difficult. Being wholehearted for God, it takes patience. Being wholehearted for God for a long time takes grit. Day to day, it takes obedience. And every moment, a deep, inviting love for God and for God's people. That's what being wholehearted for God is. You know, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter sometimes what our, what our challenges are, what the problem is. You know, those If you've been around for a while, they just kind of cycle through. It might be a car problem today. It might be a family problem tomorrow. It might be a school problem the next day. We all have our headwinds. What's going to help the most for each of us 
is following the Lord wholeheartedly, just as Caleb did, never giving up, having patience, having grit, having obedience, a deep abiding love for God, and a devotion to God's people. If you would like to think about growing in something during our summer growing season series, this is a great, great place to start. Think about Caleb. You know, grow in having a wholehearted heart despite whatever might be challenging you today. Wholehearted, W-H-O-L-E, wholehearted heart for God. And if you find those closest to you maybe struggling, losing their faith, struggling to hang on like Caleb did, just not quite seeing God, try to help them. But you yourself stay wholehearted. Don't find yourself going the way of maybe a friend or someone else or maybe even multiple people that are not choosing to opt in to God. Don't do that. You stay wholehearted to God. However you find yourself as you listen here, keep your eyes fixed on the cross. Live your life wholeheartedly devoted to God and his people. And think about what that means for you. What choices do you need to make? What does that look like in your life to be wholeheartedly devoted to God? Well, to help answer those, take a look at Caleb's example and his wholehearted fellowship of God. And you, in the same way, wholeheartedly follow your God. I hope that was helpful, and if you liked it, would like to hear more, please don't forget to like and subscribe to this podcast. And if you're in the Charlottesville, Virginia area, would like to stop in and visit us at a Sunday service, please send us a note or visit our website at blueridgedisciples.org for more information.